And good morning. This is Pomo Perspective. I'm Alicia Bales, live in the Ukiah studio with your host, Michael Hunter. Hey, Michael. Hey, hey, how are you? Very good. Loving the weather, loving the wet rain. Yes, we need it. Wonderful. We need it. I wanted to give an update today on the Jackson Demonstration State Forest and what we've accomplished. When we first started this journey about a year ago, we could not get any of our representatives to take us seriously. So what I did was took it to the United Pomo Nations Council, the Central California Tribal Chairpersons Association, and also the California Tribal Chairperson Association, which consists of 100 tribes. And we got resolutions together, letter of support to send to, to, send to Senator McGuire, Assemblyman Wood, Congressman Huffman, the governor, also Crowfoot and Cal Fire, to let them know that we're asking for a moratorium to stop the logging until we could reassess what is happening right now in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, such as the clear cutting, damaging our water, our waterways, and <clears throat> hack and squirt on our on our oaks, our tan oaks, you know, and that's that's a big no no. And also running roads right around our sacred sites that are registered. So we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of things to protect. And we started our journey. I'll just recap a little bit. We started our journey out in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest where in Casper, about we did about four rallies out there. And we, we probably got, the most was about 200. That's a pretty good showing. That's a long ways out there. It's the middle of the winter. It's cold, you know? So it, it was, I was very, very grateful. And all the community out there doing so much work to make sure that our rallies go great, right? I mean, that's the goal. That's always the goal. And we started to get more confident, and we started to realize, whoa, we need to take this rally to Ukiah. And we did. And when we got to Ukiah, we, we served over 3,000 wet signatures, not online signatures, people that are standing at the grocery stores, people walking around neighborhoods. It was just beautiful to see. Well, when we had our rally in Ukiah, we asked our senator, our assemblyman, and our congressman to attend, many of them. Well, at this point, they haven't attended any in Ukiah either. So we delivered our petitions to let them know that we realize that they cannot grant a moratorium, but they could show that they align with our interest. And so in the petition, what we asked was to write a letter to Secretary Crowfoot, and the new Cal Fire director, Joe, I forget his name, Joe something, that guy. And they didn't. And it just it blew my mind. And so we had a rally in Sacramento. And we, bought, we brought our Round Valley Feather dancers. We had Aztec dancers. We had powwow dancers. And we had the powwow drums, drummers as well. We had so many different things. We had youth coming over and speaking a beautiful beautiful um it's a beautiful sight to see you know i like to give a little shout out to one of my little besties sarah and Ravel. you know they spoke cleanly they did well and i was it was good to see them shine like that you know because it gives another perspective it gives a youth perspective as well and none of our representatives showed up in sacramento now what politician do you know has we had a little bit over 400 over 400 people that are engaged that traveled to come there just didn't happen to be there that were engaged what politician ignores them 
after two months of invites in our sixth rally. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Congressman Huffman said, it's a state issue and a tribal issue. And I'm like, but you're the congressman for the federal. Aren't you supposed to be the bridge, the liaison, when the tribes, when a federal government, like a tribe, is, is not being heard from the state? Well, I have a feeling he just, they just wanted to turn a blind eye. And when we went to Sacramento, we, we showed them. We let everybody know, you better open your eyes because we're here. And we have a, we, because of all those rallies and all that commitment from all of our community and our Native Americans, too, it's so good to see our brothers and sisters out there. God, it feels so good connecting with, with our homeland. And now I've already had three meetings with Secretary Crowfoot, and our last one included Cal Fire, the new director, and a few other hierarchies as well. And what we realized was we have to come up with solutions as well. We can't just be holding rallies. We have to come up with the written solutions as well. And we recognize that, and we're doing that. We're doing the good work. We're putting a litigation, a litigation plan together which we think will be successful at to, to stop the logging in Casper 500 and also Soda Gulch to make sure that they no longer damage any of our sacred sites nor cut down the largest and the oldest trees. And I think we have a chance litigation-wise. I do, and I think it'll help us extend the logging that's going to happen in May. It'll help us extend it so we can work out the, the process and how we think it should be um, managed appropriately. Well, I go again in the, two Mondays from now. No, shoot, today is Monday. Next Monday, I'm meeting with Crowfoot. And I wanted to have a discussion with our community out there in Fort Bragg on the coast. And we had about a good 40, 40, 40 people show up short notice to talk about what we're doing, what our plans are, what our strategies are, and give an update. And now I have to figure out on Monday, what is our plan? What, what work did we do? And one of those pieces is making sure that as we move forward to co-management on the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, that the co-management includes a different introduction. Right now, the introduction is all about how do you log? They have a different mindset, look through a different lens. How do you log? How are we able to, to take down the large trees so we can meet the law, they say, the law, to log responsibly, they say. Obviously, it's not. I showed you all the videos, pictures, and obviously, we're not going to have 400 people traveling around at rallies if, if we're not trying to protect some. And it was, it's kind of hard to recap. It was, it's real. Everything is going so fast, really, really fast. You know, we're trying to make sure we stay a few steps ahead of everybody. But it's a, it's a big state, and they have a lot of staff. And it's just us working days, nights, and weekends. But that's why I think we'll, 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 get a, we'll accomplish our goal because we work nights and weekends. Everybody else is sleeping or having fun, right? Well, we do our work. We just make sure it's out there in the forest so we can enjoy ourselves as well. But we have our litigation plan, and then we have a political plan as well. And that's just to make sure that we have representation on the Board of Forestry, that we have representation 
um, all the way down to hierarchy from board of forestry down to checks and balances on cow fires um, authorities also and then also to make sure to make sure that we're a part of the approval process not not cow fire giving us this document and saying amend this this document amend this thp how you look at it amend, amend this forest management plan and what we're saying is monday we want to be there before you even submit to public comment we're a government to government we have to agree on the introduction and the introduction that they utilize is logging old trees and i believe that the law is in our favor and that's one of the litigation portions we'll be working on as well because there are laws there are laws that tell cal fire that you cannot cut the largest trees and we believe that they're just not implementing their own laws and so it's our job to show crowfoot here we'll break it down the laws for you here here's a way out here's a path here's here's actually a resolution at the end of the day to where we can all come together and say to ourselves hey we did it right this time but that's going to take time and i worry because in may i have a feeling conway really and he's with cal fire he's the manager of that over in jackson demonstration state forest i have a feeling he just comes from a different lens and his lens is not a native american lens and it's not an environmental lens they come from you know forestry backgrounds that's what they do they pre they you know conway honestly believes that he's protecting our forest and doing it right and then when you show him the areas that are clear-cut and bad he comes up with words on papers on why he he can do that you know we could all do different things but you just don't do it because you can you know you have to be responsible you have to do it in an efficient way you have to do it to where it makes sense but according to the law. So we feel like we have them in a few different directions, a few different angles we're coming at. And uh, I feel very, very confident. I feel like Crowfoot wants to do what's right. We have to just come up with the work, right? We have to provide the solutions in writing. And that's what we're doing. I have a really good team behind me, supporting me. And then I have a really good team that comes to the meetings with me. And we're learning so much. And we're learning so much together with Crowfoot. I'm kind of excited. I really like him. I turned out to like him. I know. You are kidding me. You like him? Yes. Why? What are those meetings like? He just, you know, it's a complicated issue, but it's not rocket science. And you have to be engaged. And sometimes our state, our state reps <clears throat> think that they're engaged on the bigger picture. But as a businessman... We all know if you cannot take care of the obvious, you shouldn't even be focusing on the big picture. You have to take care of the obvious first because then you become more efficient. You learn how to do it. You learn, you know, just like when I grew up, you work with shovels, weed eaters, whatever I had to do. And you learn and you learn, you get this perspective of what's really happening out in the real world. And I think they lost perspective on what's happening out in California. You know, and then our own representatives, our local representatives, do not feel as if they should champion this. And I was just talking to a friend, um, and he says, you know, there's a difference between, I was, I was asking him, like, well, I'm out there. Why are they not out there? I know they're not busier than I am. Um, 
They're just in meetings all the time. They don't come up with their own goals to initiate or implement. Well, so I was a little like, what? And then I find out that they just don't know. They just don't know. And they're a little embarrassed to show that they don't know. Well, we all get embarrassed. You know, it happens. So we embarrass them. And now they haven't showed up to one rally for our community in Mendocino County. I honestly feel not only are the tribes unrepresented in Mendocino County, but the citizens. Over 3,000 wet signatures we delivered. We have over another 1,000 coming. It's wild that we don't, that our politicians are not leaders. And so that's what I was thinking. Like, ah, that's the difference between a tribal leader and a politician. A politician is looking to advance. And sometimes you can't advance on complicated issues. So they stay out of them. And that's a politician. They have to win elections. Well, I'm a tribal leader. I'm here to lead. I'm not here to win over votes from locals. And I think that gives me the opportunity to be more vocal, but to be out there more. And that's our update, you know, and now we have our other meeting coming. We've, we're going to start planning on how to organize out there in the forest, just in case they do, just in case I'm not successful in getting a moratorium or extending the logging. I don't want to, maybe moratorium's not the word right now. Maybe it's extending because we had to figure out how to extend this so we could get further along on um, how we're going to rewrite the forest management plan and how we're going to protect our sacred sites and our large trees. So we're kind of at that place. We fought hard to get there. We're there. We're there. Like we had 400 people in Sacramento. It's wild, wild. And now they notice. So I just kind of take it back to the beginning of the story where why I like Crowfoot is because he's engaged now. He's engaged. He's reading with me. He's writing. He's understanding. And he's really, he's smarter. He's smart. He's smart. He's paying attention. So I'm excited. I just worry that he's backed into a position where Cal Fire is going to move forward with or without our, our approval. And he's going to be stuck having to decide, does he protect the forest? Does he stand on side of the tribes and the local community here in Mendocino County? Or does, or does he let Cal Fire log and try to make money so they could cover their budget? It's kind of, he's in, he's in, a, he's in a bad situation. And unfortunately, um, Cal Fire Forestry put him in that position. But hey, they're all at the table. We're talking. They know what's going on. And uh, we're engaged. We'll win. We'll win. It's just a matter of do we win before they log again or do we win after? But regardless, Jackson Demonstration State Forest is going to be co-managed by the tribes and protected. What are the next steps, Michael, in terms of moving toward that vision? <clears throat> you know, we just gave, uh, I gave a presentation yesterday on it. And I think the first thing we have to focus on is the co-management agreement and the forest management plan and rewrite that introduction. And our, our introduction is going to be regarding environmental, so carbon sequestration. And we believe that that's the law anyways. So we're just going to write it according to the law. And so Crowfoot will see and be able to know that we're just here as a resource 
will continue to provide you information. But they also worried about Cal Fire being sued by the mill. So I got the contracts, just so you know. Got your contracts. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to read them. And then we're going to give you a legal, a legal opinion on why you could get out of those contracts. So that's no longer an issue that could be held over anybody's head. Will we be successful in that? I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to make sure I give Crowfoot as many angles as he can and educate them as much as we can on our perspective. So I think after that, we have to, after next week's meeting, we have to figure out how to make sure that the forest management plan is being drafted by the tribe and the state before it goes out to public comment. Right now, they're in the process of thinking, let's send it out to public comment and let the tribes respond. And that's why I say they don't understand the perspective of another tribal government. They're not used to sitting at the other end of the table with another tribal government that has these authorities as well. So I have to give them that perspective. I have to give them that angle. And I got to let them know that nothing goes out to comment unless we all agree on the document or else they already have 10 steps on us. And, we're, and then we're considered community because now we're only commenting on this. Well, that's the work. That's the work we have to do. And I, we're right now, we're seem to be going every two weeks. We, we were meeting every week. This is our fourth meeting and it's been two weeks. So I'm assuming we'll extend the logging every couple of weeks as long as we, as long as, you know, myself and Crowfoot and Cal Fire can stay at the table. As long as we're coming up with solutions and good solutions, I think they'll continue to extend the logging. But who knows? That's the dilemma. Who knows? At what point do at what point do I have to go back into the mindset of the rallies? And at what point do we hold our local representatives accountable for not even writing a letter after we over three thousand wet signatures? I think at some point we have to turn to protest and I didn't want to do that. I made it possible for these representatives to come out to the forest and meet their constituents. Come to, we came to Ukiah and they still didn't show. I mean, God. And so we took it to Sacramento and our local representatives still didn't show. Not one. It's wild to me. Just wild to me. So we have to hold them accountable. And I don't want to start protesting in front of their offices. But if I do, we have a plan. And we're starting in Ukiah, then we're going to Eureka, and then we're going to Santa Rosa. Because we want them to know that we want all your voters to know in the other, in the other counties that you're not sticking up for, you're not, you're not helping your community here in Mendocino County. So I, want, I have to embarrass them a little bit more, maybe shame them. And it sucks. Didn't want to have to do all that. It's ridiculous that we have to protest to be heard. It's wild to me, but that's my, that might be the case. And we'll, and if we have to protest, we'll be in Sacramento as well. We'll be right in front of Crowfoot's office. We'll be right in front and we're going to start lobbying in Sacramento as well. So we got a lot of work to do. It's done at, it's done all day, nighttime and in the weekends, but we had, but that's the work and I think we could do it. All right, so so far the logging hasn't started up again in Casper or in Soda Gulch. 
Not yet. They have the spotted owl is still nesting, and they're assuming that they'll be able to cut in early May. That's the email I got from um, Cal Fire from Conway. So they're moving forward. They're moving forward. Wow. So they expect to start logging over there in, in May, huh? Yeah. Wow. All right. They're giving... That's, those are the words that are being said at these meetings, and obviously I'm saying don't. Right. While you know. you're having all these meetings, they're planning to go forth and log the very forest that you're trying to protect. That must right. feel strange. It's weird. I told them it's, it's a bad faith negotiations if you're logging while we're negotiating, and I think they agree with that. So as long as we can sit at the table and keep working it out and keep coming up with solutions, I think we could pull this off. I really do. You know when I realized it was it was just really about logging though, and it really wasn't about anything other than that, is I was out there in the forest with Cal Fire and with the mill people and the loggers, and I told them, we'll buy the forest. We'll buy those trees from you. It's about 2.4 million, right? We'll raise the money. We'll buy those from you. And, if, and they said, yeah, but how do we... how?" They said, how do, if we take that money, how do we cover the jobs lost? And I said, there's no jobs lost. What are you talking about? Take the money, give it to the mill, give it to the loggers. Doesn't matter to us. Do whatever you want to do with it. Give it to them. And now, you know, you've paid for the logger to come cut the trees. You've paid for the person that's going to come up and pull that tree out. You paid for the truck that delivers it to the mill. You paid for the mill that mills it. Now, how far are we supposed to pay for that? And I told them, the, one of the mill owners said, he says, you're telling me you're just going to give us the money for that? And I said, it's yours. Take it. And he says, we don't want handouts. And I said, sir, now that's ego. That's ego. I can't pay you for ego. I don't know what to do about that. But there's hours and there's money there to clean this forest. And it's to take these big logs out that you guys already cut and you didn't take out. There's a lot of money there for you guys. Well, when I told Cal Fire the same thing, I said, look, we'll pay for it. They said, well, yeah, but we have to do this because it's a law. It's kind of wild. It's just their mindset is we have to log. And I'm starting to wonder if it's because of their own budget, of their own little department there. It could be that, you know. So I got to look into that and find out with Crowfoot how much money you need to fund to keep everybody working. Because everybody should be able to work and pay for their families, you know. But just because you have the big, big, big saw and the big, big, big mill does not mean you get to cut the big, big trees. We all evolve. Now you're doing down to mid-sized trees because you cut all the big ones. You have to downsize your mill. And so I told Crowfoot, find them the funding on that. Whatever you have to do, just because they have a large, large saw doesn't mean they can only cut large trees. It's wild. It just blows me away on the uh, ignorance. But to not want to be paid to not even have to log it, and you just imagine if you're the mill owner, right? And your RFP, request for proposal, let's say something like that, more the THP. But he's putting all the cost into that contract, into that, into his bid, all of the cost. <clears throat> I'm telling him, just give them the money. You don't even have to cut. 
And imagine how much money, more money you would save if you didn't have to pay everybody to do what you're talking about. You would actually make more money. But that's when I realized, ah, just a lack of education, just a lack of education, um, a lack of wanting to work with the community. And the only work they want to do with the community is large log trees. And that's just not what we're going to do. That's not our game. Yeah, I find it interesting that uh, that Cal Fire has has conducted all of these meetings kind of at the same time you've been having the gatherings out in the woods. It's been like these funny like war of the meetings kind right. of thing. And yours are like full of dancers and color and lots and lots of people. And Cal Fire's, uh, I went to one of them, they, they feel like um, sort of a meeting slash lecture. And uh, they, the one that I went to, Cal Fire, was asking the community, quote unquote, uh, well, what do you want us to do out here? And the community is clear about what they want to have happen out there. They want uh, a focus on climate. They want a focus on restoration, forest resiliency, I mean, fire resiliency. And every time that um, the community tells Cal Fire this, Cal Fire says, and it's Kevin Conway, like you're saying, he says, well, well, well we can't do that. No, what do you right. want us to do according to you know our mandate and the law? Like, do you want us to put in another bike trail when we're doing our logging? Do you want us to put in a bridge here? No, we want you to operate this forest for climate, tribal co-management, for restoration, forest res- fire resiliency. Well, we can't do that. So they keep having all these meetings, hearing the same thing over and over again and arguing with the community every time. It's not like the community's not telling them what they want. Right, right. They brought out a scientist named Stephen Stillette. Well, we got to meet with him before that and before their rally, and before where, Cal where Fire's rally. From? I want to say Humboldt area. Yeah, I think he's from HSU. Yeah, he's like, he's really, he's really, he's an expert. And where we went on a walk with Cal Fire and and Steven says, hey, what if we save this old tree and cut down these two little ones? And I said, Steven, is that environmental friendly to you or are you mediating? And he looks at me. He goes, yeah, but just let me know. Let's talk about this. And I like him. And I said, if you tell me cutting that large tree like they're saying is fire resilient and is – and actually good for carbon sequestration, the environment, then yeah, I'll go with that. And he looked at me, I looked at him and we smiled because we know I boxed him in and he's got, he's there to protect the trees, period. That's what he's there to do. And as long as you let him know that they're not doing that, he will, he will be on the side of science. And so we're going to try to include him, get him more involved since Cal Fire seems to trust him. We trust him. Maybe he could help actually mediate this. I heard that when he came up, he was quite dismayed at Cal Fire's logging over in Redtail. Well, they cut down these, they cut down, it's an old growth area, and they cut the 160-year-old red um, Douglas firs, 160 years old. The old trees are the ones that do all the hard work for the carbon sequestration, not the young trees. So he he was... He was upset. He said, this is the worst, this is the worst cutting I've ever seen as to, as far as by doing it by the law. Mm-hmm. And, and Conway says, yeah, but what you have to understand is we do an average of the whole state forest. It's 50,000 acres. And he talks like that. And we, we all know that that's just BS. And you're just like, stop, stop. You know, you can't, you can't, you ha- can't keep moving forward like you're doing. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I don't. I don't really think of Conway 
as the person I should be mediating this with, but that's the, that's who Cal Fire is designating. And I don't think Cal Fire hierarchy really understands. So when I got their contact information, their organizational chart, I emailed them all. I told them that I won't be doing any walks with any of them until a three-star or higher comes out, period. Because Conway looks through a different lens. And his is all about logging and making sure his friends, like literally friends, get paid. All right, this is Pomo Perspective here on KZYX. We come, Pomo Perspective comes every third Monday of the month from 9 to 10 a.m., alternating with Mendo Latino and Good Ancestors and Local Treasures with Corrine Pierce. Um, Michael Hunter is here. Yes. You want to open up the phone lines? Yeah, let's open up the phone lines. All right. The number here in the studio is 707-895-2448. We are live here on the air, so you can call and get right on and um, have your perspective heard. Yeah, I'm curious what the community's thinking. I'm curious why there's not so many people engaged in Ukiah area. You know, I was raised here, I graduated here, and I see a lot of friends that are growers, and but they're, they're almost like the... Uh, hippie grower, if you will. And they're taking that vibe. I love that vibe. I love the hippie grower vibe. It's my vibe, you know, but I never see them doing anything for the environment. And these are people that are out there making a lot of money on the environment and they don't do, they don't give back. I have a whole different look at my friends that I grown up with that are growers. I just thought they were more engaged. And what I found out it was no, they want to be more spiritually engaged. And so they have shindigs, to do spiritual outings. No pomos are there, though, so that's kind of weird. All right, we got a call. You want to take it? Here we go. Let's take the call. Good morning, hey, Michael. Hey, you, you uh, KCYXers, thank you so much for having continuing the dialogue and the conversation. I think it's critical. Um, I'm a Casper uh, local. I grew up in Casper. My mom lived there for 35 years. I've also lived in Laytonville. My grandpa had 65 acres on the mouth of the Navarro River. And uh, where the salmon in 1958, we'd come up for holidays, and my brother and I and sister and I, we'd go out and we'd swoop up the the uh, rainbow trout, and and uh, you know just just it was a healthy, thriving, beautiful piece of land. I've still got family that live on Flynn Creek and uh, Highway 128. I've got family that live in uh, in Fort Bragg. People, my brothers are fishermen out of Fort Bragg. Um, and and I know that this battle is a clear. You draw a line in the sand, and you've said no no further. Every time I go to Ukiah and I see that log deck, and I I marched with right. a point arena. Right, 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 right. You're right. And that's the yeah, game. You're and, engaged. And you, You're engaged. You got to talk about the salmon, and that I'm a soil. But here's the thing. Background. Here's the thing. I want to know. I want questions to add that we're talking about right now on this on why our community is not as engaged as we need them to be. I understand there's a lot of issues out there. I get that. And thank you for sharing that. And we, you're right, because in, in Humboldt County, they're having a really big issues up there with the salmon. And so maybe when we're done here, we'll take our movement up there. Maybe we take it where it's needed. All right. Want to take another call? Yeah. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Hi. Um, I came into the conversation a little bit late, but I did just want to express um, my interest in what you guys are talking about and the importance of uh, fire resilience in these forests. And um, my husband-to-be, I'm getting married in a couple weeks, but my husband-to-be is a wildland firefighter, um, and we now work at a nature reserve outside of Ukiah, 
and we just applied for the Cal Fire uh, Forest Health Grant, and we're also looking for interest of uh, Pomo communities in the area who are engaged or want to be engaged in, in putting good fire back on the land. Um, and so I just thought this is the perfect opportunity to express that there are people in this area who are focused on this. Um, and yeah, what are your guys' thoughts? Um, I think everybody has to get engaged on every single angle they can because the more angles we cover, the wider our audience is. So whatever you think you can do, you should do and just go with it. No, no, that is right. You know, it, the one thing about being on the environmental side is we're always right because it's science and it makes sense, you know, so you do yeah. what you got to do. Yeah. And right. get to know the community over there. There's a lot of groups. You have um, Mendocino Trail Stewards. You have Mama Tree. You have Earth First. You have a lot of different groups over there that are engaged. You should try to become part of the community. Great. Mama Tree, what was the first one you said? I'm writing these down. Yeah, Mendocino Trail Stewards. Mendocino Trail Stewards, great. Yeah, Mama Tree on Instagram, I believe, is Mama, M-A-M-A -M -A dot tree. I'm trying to remember all these. Dot. You know, and what was the third one that you said? We have Pomo Land Back, and that's the one that um, seems to encompass everything and what we're doing. So you could check out that pomolandback.com. And okay. we have a sick video on there. You'll love the video. We did a little documentary about eight eight minutes, and it's really it's beautiful. You should watch it. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. Oh, lovely! Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thank you guys for, for bringing this conversation live. I didn't know. I'm We're new to the area. We just moved here in October, but I've been listening to this station every time I come into town for my for my town my town days. And uh, I'll be tuning in every third Monday for sure. Right on. All right. Thanks for the call. Awesome. Appreciate you. Phones are ringing off the hook. You want to take another one? Let's take another call. Good morning, caller. You are live on Pomo Perspective. Good morning, Alicia. Hey, it's Gizmo. I wanted to call and ask um, if there has been any uh, movement on the Mendocino County uh, Board of Tourism. Are they uh, they weighed in on um, the fact that uh, a lot of people come to our county to visit those redwoods, and that we would we would be losing over time probably more money than they're going to make from cutting them down. Yeah. Yeah. We've, if you go to those websites, you'll find out that there's really not that many jobs. It's a state forest. It's not, it's not 90% or more actually comes back from actually is from private lands of logging. So there's not this big old, you're going to stop all these jobs or these jobs. It's actually what you're saying is, money's in tourism and the and they could show that but we can't get everybody on board to share that and i think it's because everybody knows everybody in this town so they don't want to offend anybody but if you know anybody on those boards yeah everybody everybody should be involved and engaged i just don't see as a citizen how you can say that a one-time shot of logging huge logs that generations in the future would 
want to come see and visit, and especially in the Native American section, how you can prove that that one shot is going to be more money than the next hundred years of people actually coming to enjoy it as it's living. And I just, I, I mean, I know it may be hard for some folks to get to that point of actually, you know, getting a lawyer and saying, hey, we're going to come up with the loss over a lot over the next hundred years or however long that redwood tree or that forest will be growing four thousand years and monetize that loss and you know have them do something about it anyways thank you yeah yeah i mean we need everybody doing something about it right yeah, that's what it's going to take, right? Yeah. Social change is takes a, everybody and a long time. Yeah, so it's, it's a big weight on all of our shoulders. So the more people we get involved, the less weight we have to carry. 707-895-2448. We got the phone lines open. It's Pomo Perspective with Michael Hunter. I'm Alicia Bales, working the controls here. Uh, a couple people were on the line and have dropped off, so I thought I'd give them a chance to call back in. But Yeah, you know... Go to pomolandback.com, and if and if you want to, go ahead and donate there if you can't if you can't get involved personally, that helps us because we're holding rallies. And trust me, I spend a lot of my own money just so people know, like a lot, like thousands of my own money because of this because we don't have the funding. And then I'm not not trying to raise money for it. Just if anybody wants to help, feel free. But if you don't have the you know the means to do it, then don't please. All right, here's our next caller. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Hi, this is uh, John Canan. Uh, uh, I teach woodworking, been teaching woodworking for many years at Crown Valley. Uh, but, uh, you know, what about utilizing this small diameter wood that desperately needs to be thinned? Uh, I've been focused on uh, the utilization of the small diameter wood I was uh, up at Buck Mountain talking to Richard Wilson recently, and we were looking at some timberland uh, that he owns up there, and he said, uh, you know, you can't hardly see what you got out there in the forest until you get all that small diameter wood out of there. It's just choking up the forest. I estimated a fourth of it is dead standing. Uh, You know, it's like uh, the Forest Service has, called it a time bomb ready to explode and nobody's doing anything with the small diameter wood they they treat it like it's garbage and i think it's one of the county's greatest underutilized underappreciated and undervalued resources so i was at the rally in ukiah you know i brought my shaving horses and drawn eyes out you know and in 15 minutes i had a whole crowd of indian kids wanting to get their hands on those draw knives and and shave those sticks and uh you you know i don't think they're going to solve this forestry problem until they uh deal with this small diameter suppressed growth dug fur that's choking everything up sucking up all the water right uh, right let me let me let me let me cut uh, you off a little bit because i want to touch on the one thing you said earlier it was a small diameter well, mills don't want to cut small diameter because it's more work and it's less profit. And that's 
the mentality that we need these meals, the, the mindset has to change because cutting the larger trees is just bad for the environment. We all know that now there's no more debate on it. Now, when they, this is what I was telling the, the Crowfoot and Cal Fire, you guys should come up with money to subsidize the mills. So instead of having large diameter, you know, mills, you have to, you have to shrink it down to smaller diameter mills. I told that to that, the mill, the mill owner, and he didn't like that idea, but of course he isn't, you know, cause you have to pay more because more trees cut, more people coming out. Just the margins aren't as great, you know? And so, yeah, I think you're, you're a hundred percent right. We got to change over to that game. And you hear the government talking about it. You hear the state, they talk about this stuff, but then they don't know how to implement it. And it's because they think they're implementing it through Cal Fire. But the reality is, is Cal Fire, the, the, the lower ranking people that are working out there, they're telling the wrong story. And when I'm sitting at that table, they know. And now that I'm at that table and they tell the same story, I debate it. I think we're winning Crowfoot over. I think I think we're, this is a movement for throughout California. I think we have an opportunity for us, but first we have to start here. All right, we have another caller. Good morning, caller. You are live on Pomo Perspective. Okay, I'm still hearing Michael on the air, or should I start talking now? Okay. Um, you need to turn your radio off. Okay, Lori, thanks. So I want to first thank you so much. Every time I've accidentally turned on this show, and I hear both of you sharing, it's incredibly inspiring. And I'm pushing 70, but I'm a good builder, and Lori and I are in great shape. And we're on the verge of figuring out how to plug in. But what I wanted to know is, what is CAL FIRE's mission? And what is their – it seems like everything is um, almost the opposite of its original intent. And I don't even know what their – what's the purpose if you offered them money for the forest – and they they don't want to take the money out of pride. It's like we're talking to an individual and not an organization. And um, I'm just curious of what is their function when it's actually uh, harming our chances for healthy forests, preventing fire. Like to get those thin trees out, like this last caller was talking about, everywhere I hike in the mountains, I live up Pine Ridge Road, I see these clusters of forests that are packed, and if they catch fire, and, 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 I, and I'm a builder, and to use those little trees is such a brilliant idea. Um, many carpenters can even take them in the rounds. You know, they don't have to mill them necessarily. There's so much you can do with this. I'm just curious, what is the function of CAL FIRE? <laughs> I don't understand the organization. The function of CAL FIRE is to demonstrate how to log um, responsibly. They have not done that. And so what I see is the mill, the mill's leading the conversation. And Cal Fire on the lower tier is executing it, implementing it. It's two different groups, but one, which being in the industry, is leading Cal Fire. And that's where we have to change the perspective. And that's where Native American perspective helps. And as long as we have an equal seat at the table, we could we could actually implement our perspective as well. But you're right; it's small diameters. There's, there's a lot of work. They just want to do the easy stuff because it has higher profit margins. 
Right. And CAL FIRE doesn't just manage Jackson Demonstration State Forest. CAL FIRE also manages all of the logging in California on private land. They're the ones who the timber harvest plans are filed with CAL FIRE and then they approve them. They don't actually ever not approve a timber harvest plan. Um, and they also are our fire, our state firefighting agency, right? So the God bless them. Right. They the used forestry, to be, not. Exactly. They used to be the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection. Now they're Cal Fire with a little teeny forestry side. Right. Um, 10%. And a, and a huge firefighting side. So, so they do more than just Jackson. And part of the timber wars that we talk about from, you know, from the, the long view with the, the private lands logging on, on corporate timber land had to do with Cal Fire not regulating these agent, these timber corporations. And I think Michael's right about the, industry being in the lead here with this with this organization yeah conway's conway truly believes that it's the law actually most sitting at that table believe that it's the law to log and to make sure we sell timber but i think what it really is is to subsidize that small percentage of the forestry budget that's what i see but uh the reality is you cannot take out the large trees anymore you know it just doesn't make sense you're you're killing our forest but there is a lot of work out there for a small diameter. There's a little work out there for the slash and burn. So there's plenty of work to go around. All right. Phones are ringing off the hook. 707-895-2448. Let's take our next call. call. Good morning. You are live on the air. Good morning. Uh, I just, the the war now has me going, but this, this uh, climate change is serious business. And uh, we're all stuck. You know, I'm going to drive 150 miles today just to get to work, and there's no way I can get out of it. And, you know, we all figure out what we can do personally. And uh, I see a lot of people, they're more concentrated on what others are doing. You know, it's easy to look around and say, hey, that's bad. You should stop doing that. But what are you doing? Um... Coyote Valley has 12 gasoline pumps that go 24 hours a day, not one solar panel or electric vehicle charger. So uh, my question is when you guys going to step up and uh, things that you do have control of uh, and do something as opposed to, uh, you know, looking over in other people's backyards. What's everybody's backyard? And I agree, you know, there's things can be done better in the forest but um now that's just my two cents yeah for sure for sure and you know and, and that's fair yeah. that's fair and that's a fair statement hold on hold on hold on hold on brother hold on you said your piece now i'm gonna say my angle is that okay yeah go okay so it, it is a it you have to you know i i do question myself like where am i at on this i, I, I built an economy my tribal council built an economy. Our community's built the economy. He's right. We live in this every day. Every day. Yeah. We have to figure out how to hold ourselves accountable. And what we've done is focused on, right now, what we're focused on as far as environmental is is creating the uh, underground infrastructure to we can run purple piping on all of our housing, all of our, our hotels coming up, our casino, our gas station. And once we, we should be done with that mid-year, next year. And once we're done with that, we will focus on solar. So solar is one of our big, 
are big issues that we want to be able to tackle. Tackle, but remember, it's you know, costs money, right? So we have to do it in mm-hmm. phases, and that's one of them. And as far as the uh, electric, we 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 actually piped it for it. It's ready to go. We were trying to team up with um, I forget who that main guy is. Um, anyways, um, you know who's yeah. doing all the. Uh, uh, anyways, that dude that does all the electric cars, forget his name. So we're doing our part. We're trying. But here's the thing that offends me. But it's it's not offensive. Be, don't, don't take this to heart because it's not about you. When people say things like, you're in other people's backyard in Mendocino County, I, it's so offensive. And I know you didn't mean it like that. And I, it is so offensive, but I'm glad you said that because I want people to understand that Pomo country, this is our backyard. There was a Settlers oh, yeah, Act yeah, in 1900. We all have no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. You don't get to talk. I'm talking now. So when we say this is our backyard, that's our backyard. And I'm not going to private landowners like, he, like they want you to believe. This is the state forest. This has nothing to do. Redwoods make decks. They don't build houses. We have to stop pretending like we can just do this because we all do something. This is a state forest. This is Mendocino County's backyard. This is all of our backyard. And they're putting us in a fire hazard. They really are. And I, I took people out there for walks. They have to go see what's being left back. When they cut those big trees and they pull them out, all those big limbs on those stay. And then the trees that the other gentleman was talking about, the smaller diameter... They don't want them, but they're in the way of the big trees, so they cut them and stack them. Go to pomolandback.com. Look at the pictures. Look at the videos. I'm not making this up. We have a lot of work to do, and I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and allow Cal Fire to continue to put our residents at fire risk. You guys have seen it. We've been living in fire forever. You cannot cut big trees down, pull them out, and leave all the big limbs, and then wonder when they dry out and start a fire, what happened? If you could go look at PG&E, I'm not a fan of PG&E and what they did, but you look at where they cut, they cut the wood, chipped it, and laid it down. Cal Fire cuts it and leaves it. So that's why you have big trees out there just drying up in in a fire hazard. But yeah, I got to hold myself accountable. Everybody else has to hold themselves accountable, and we have to do more at all times. But doing more should not mean you don't stop what's happening. You have to be able to do both. Not everybody has that time, energy, and thought and work ethics to do that, but I do. So I know I have to do both. I have to figure out how to become better, more efficient, with, uh, so we could be better stewards of our environment. I have to figure that out as well. But also, we have to figure out how to stop what's being done now, the bad things that are being done now. Because we could continue to work all we want for the future, but... If we're allowing them to cut down the largest trees, you're losing the game of carbon sequestration, period, period. They're the last, that's it. Those are, in our Mendocino County, you could play a role in carbon sequestration, but people want to cut down large trees because we drive to work for an hour and 50 minutes or something. All right. I think we have time for one more call. Do you want to go ahead and take it? Yeah. All right. Good morning, caller. You are live on the air. Did you just hang up? <laughs> oh. Okay, call back, 707-895-2448. The show is Pomo Perspective. Your host is Michael Hunter. I'm Alicia Bales, live at the controls. 
you know, I was at the, that's, I'm glad that gentleman brought that up. Um, <clears throat> I usually don't respond back to those because I understand they don't look through the lens I do, but this mill guy, he's, he comes up to me and he says, the mill owner in Santa Rosa, he says, you're telling me if we cut that log tree, that big tree right there, that that's not going to lose jobs. And I said, yes. I said, you cut a lot of bad things down out here that you need to clean up. Yes, there's a lot of jobs and work to be done out here because of the slash and burns that you left. But he said this to me, and this is the one. I said, do you feel like, do you feel like you are you losing your way of life? Do you feel, mill workers, loggers, do you feel like you're losing your way of life? He says, yes. And I said, out of all people, we're standing in the forest. I said, of all people, you have to understand that I know what it's like to lose our way of life. Out of all people, this, they started logging in 1850. And he says, I don't know you. I don't know you. And I said, oh, you don't know that I know what it's like. He says, no, I don't know a thing about you. And I said, oh, well, I'm from Coyote Valley, band of Pomo Indians. I'm Pomo. I'm the tribal chair for that tribe. My great-grandmother, who I was raised with till I was 18, it was her parents that you chased out of there when you wanted to do the Settlers Act. So all those people out there that own all this land, acres and acres and acres on top of acres, that land, my people were there. This isn't hundreds and hundreds of years ago. My great-grandmother's parents were the kids that got moved. So I pointed at this big tree, old growth, because I understand he doesn't understand where I'm coming from. So I say, you guys always talk about four generations of logging. I said, well, you look at that big old growth right there. That was probably cut in the 1850s. Don't you agree, sir? He says, yeah. I said, the very same person, the very exact same person that cut that tree, that 500, 600, 700 year old tree, that same exact person was the same person that chased off, literally chased off my great grandmother's parents when they were children, literally, because that's where we're from. So when people tell me land back or my backyard or this or that. Come on, let's be real. There's legislation that made it possible for Indians not to be here, period. Until we start to look at it through that lens, we will continue to get ignorant questions like that. But I'm glad he brought it up because he was kind and thoughtful about it. He didn't want to hear my answer, which was a little, but now you heard it and now you know. So for me, I look at it as a different lens. It's hard to, can you imagine me, my mom, my mom, us out there protecting the backyards that you talk about, but yet we don't get to live in them. Think of that. My people are out there protecting the backyards that everybody lives in, and we don't get to live there. We live in Ukiah. We don't get to roam our redwoods like we used to. This isn't hundreds of years ago. 1850, that's my great-grandmother's who I lived with until I was 18. Her children, her, her parents were the children. So for me, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. There's not one person out there that could tell me or any of my people or any of our Pomo people that we don't belong there or that's their backyard now and just overlook that as if that didn't happen to my great-grandmother. Wild, wild. And I cannot, I cannot stress, it's so hard to figure out the words to have empathy. Mm -hmm. 
It's so hard because I have to figure out the words to show you that I have empathy, even though it was your great grandparents that did it to my great grandparents. All right. We've got 20 seconds left, Michael. I'm glad I got to speak on that because that one just came up um, in the mail and I was wondering how I was going to answer that. So he knew it was his great, great grandfather that cut that tree and chased my great grandmother's parents out. All right, we're going to have to I'm say not goodbye. done. I'm still mad. I'm not saying. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Woolets and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.